Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as promised, we have Representative John Curtis staying with us just a little longer to talk about some of these crucial conversations in the country today. Uh, Representative Curtis, I wanted to get to uh, another initiative that you have been driving. It's called the Eagle Act, the Equal Access to Green Cards for Legal Employment. Uh, bipartisan work, uh, really solving some of the problems that are going to make a, a difference, both in terms of immigration, but also in terms of the economy. Uh, absolutely. I, I'll tell you, Boyd, one of my greatest frustrations in the time I've been in Congress is our inability to come together on some of these serious immigration issues. And I'm really excited to be involved uh, with this bill. It's a good bill, and it, w- it would make a, a substantial difference for Utahns. It's so interesting. Uh, you and uh, Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren, from Democrat from California, you're the sponsors there in the House. And just to give us a, a little bit of the background in terms of these per-country caps, uh, which I don't even know how they were decided originally. They seem a little bit odd and arbitrary. Uh, but for our listeners, give them just a little backstory in terms of some of the challenges here. Absolutely. So, Right now, we've got this practice where we we know that we've got these highly skilled workers that come in and contribute so much, especially here in Utah, to our high-tech community. And um, we've got this silly little restriction, which says that no company can, no country can exceed 7%. um, And and there's actually a hard cap of 9,800 visas. And that sounds okay until you stop and think about, well, what about a, com- a country like India that is, has so many talented software programmers and high-tech people who want to come and, and work here in the United States, not necessarily become citizens, but get a green card and, and work and contribute, uh, pay taxes here. And then you compare that with, let's say, uh, Sweden, and that they get the same number of people to come in as India is hugely problematic. And we have a number of countries that never fill their quotas. And then we have countries like India who, 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 if you wanted a green card and you were coming from India, it can take as long as two, three decades to get that green card. So this bill simply takes off those caps. It doesn't increase the number of visas. It just means that we don't limit a certain country uh, and so that, so that we're not disadvantaging people from countries with a higher population. Really needed by our high-tech community and, and a very important bill. Yeah, and this is one of those where I think initially it's easy for listeners to say, "Oh, well, that's just a that's just a big national issue," but it's really a, a a Utah issue with where we are in terms of unemployment, our tech sector. Describe the impact this could have on the state of Utah. Well, I, 
I tell you, uh, Silicon Slopes and other areas in our state that are very reliant on these workers uh, and the skill sets that they bring, they know firsthand what's happening. And it's it's really unfortunate as people come here to work, can't get their green cards. They're productive uh, people in our community. They're paying taxes. They're obeying the law. They're contributing to these businesses who can't grow without them. And, and nowhere is that more apparent than Utah right now with our super low unemployment, our high-tech sector, um, very important bill for them. Yeah, and uh, this is one of those areas where, again, I, th- I think we all have to think again uh, about our good friend, uh, independent pollster Scott Rasmussen, was talking with him yesterday, and uh, he actually just did a poll that showed 74% of Americans, and again, it's tough to get 74% of Americans to agree on <laughs> the sky's blue, uh, but 74% of Americans believe that legal immigration is crucial for the future success of the country. And I think this is one targeted area where we can say, okay, let's make that legal immigration easier and better, uh, and that'll help everybody in the country. So true. And I, it makes you wonder what the other 26% are thinking. Right? <laughs> or not thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I would say to that 26%, please look hard at, at something like this where, for goodness sakes, the, the, the success of our country um, in many cases is at the hands of these good people that have come from other countries and contributed and continue to contribute to pay taxes, to obey the laws, to obey every single thing that we put down in front of them. And um, it, it's just an opportunity that we've got to figure out how to take advantage of. Yeah, and so uh, so vital uh, to all of us. And uh, if you're just joining us, we have Representative John Curtis on the line talking about a bill, the Eagle Act, which is equal access to green cards for legal employment. Again, getting rid of some of these per country caps and and a few other things I want to get to. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, Representative Curtis, this seems to be one of those uh, classic examples of if you can really go in laser focused on many of these immigration issues, there really is broad bipartisan agreement. It's those big 2000 page comprehensive yeah. bills that seem to get us in trouble. I want to just talk for a minute about my co-sponsor of this bill, Zoe Lofgren. Yeah. I, I did a, uh, I traveled with her before COVID, and uh, we really enjoyed each other's company. But you couldn't find two people in Congress with a, a different, more diverse view of the way government should function. <laughs> and and she is very influential on the Democratic side in immigration. So it's really exciting to me that she would join me in this bill. We're so politically uh, different and on different sides, but we can both see. Uh, a clear path uh, to what's best for the United States uh, with this bill. And her being on this adds tremendous credibility on the Democratic side and and gives me a lot of hope that we can actually get this bill passed. Yeah, so important. And and it is. It's targeted bills like this uh, that could actually get – I I always said when I went back to Washington, I think we could solve 94.5% of immigration in an afternoon uh, because everybody seems to agree on it. (laughs) I'll tell you what. You, you take a half a dozen of us, lock us in a room uh, with different opinions. Uh, we're going to come out with an answer, and, and we truly could solve this. It doesn't need to be as hard as we're making it. Yeah. I want to hit one, just one last thing from this bill, uh, and that is another one I think that is important to the state of Utah as well, and that is the H-1B uh, temporary visa program, which also can be so complicated for folks. Yes, absolutely. And it, it does address that, and it has reform in there uh, for that. And really, all aspects of this bill, one of the ways for people to wrap their arms around it that might make sense is is what we're trying to do is put this more on merit-based uh, rather than a country-based. 
Um, and uh, there's several aspects of this that, 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 that does that, which allows in the most qualified and citizenly saying, oh, because you're from this country, you get to come in when there's a whole long line of people more qualified for you in another country that we're not going to let in. Oh, so important. And just a uh, last question for you, Congressman. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, in some of the background around this bill that approximately 95 percent of employment-based immigrants uh, live and work in the United States on temporary visas while they're waiting for all the other stuff to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's really not fair uh, to these good people to, to have. And, and if you start to think about it, these people come not just for a short period of time. They're, they marry, they have children, um, and they want to um, function as best they can without being citizens here and have some kind of predictability uh, to their life. And, and uh, that's very important if we're going to encourage to, to incentivize them to come over. Yeah, having that kind of process where there is some certainty to it, I think that's been one of the great tragedies of, of many of the political debates around immigration uh, has been the uncertainty it's created for uh, for many of these great workers and people who really do contribute to society. Representative John Curtis, we really appreciate you spending some extended time with us here on Inside Sources today. As always, great work. The uh, Eagle Act will continue to track and watch that as it works its way through and uh, also the great work you're doing on climate, energy, and uh, making the country just a little bit better. Thanks for joining us today. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, CEO of Better Together, civil society fellow at the Manhattan Institute, Megan Rose, talks about why we all ought to get off of TikTok and go back to work. Find out what that means next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.